Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We got good jeans, man. Good jeans. Hub Arkish and Arthur Arkish. I hate not being around my family. Arkish and Arkish on the score. Good afternoon, Chicago. It is great to be with you all. If only Arthur and I had the talent of Sly and that family stone, that, that'd be the place to be right now. Uh, all we do is talk sports. Uh, we write sports, we talk sports, we study sports, and we do enjoy it. I am Hub Arkish. Arthur Arkish is alongside. We are going to take you through your Sunday afternoon here at 670 The Score with you until 4 o'clock. We've got a great show planned for you. Really excited. Some Bears talk, some Cubs talk. We've got salary cap talk. We've got, uh, oh, a number of guests that are going to check in. And uh, we're going to start right right away, actually, in about 15 minutes. Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times is going to come by because really, even with spring training well underway, even with both the Bulls and the Blackhawks both playing, I think, far better than anybody ever expected them to be at this point in their seasons, it seems the hottest sports story around Chicago continues to be the Chicago Bears. With the uh, free agency just about a week away, the draft will follow shortly after that. Um, all of the focus uh, on management, on the quarterback position, on whether this team is going in the right direction or the wrong direction. I think that's one of the reasons that Mitch and the guys felt, well, let's put Hub and Arthur on. This is their beat. This is what they do. So let me welcome in my co-host, Arthur Arkish. And Arthur, it is good uh, to be on the air with you again. And uh, uh, you know, listen, I, we raised you here in Chicago, and you've heard it a thousand times. At the end of the day, greatest sports town in the world, but pretty much a, a, a Cubs and a Bears town uh, when those teams are competing. Yeah, I think so. And uh, maybe we'll never know to what extent the Bears hype is uh, drummed up right now by you know a couple of quarterbacks that don't play for the Bears at the moment, certainly adding a little bit of uh, allure to what's ahead in the coming days and the coming week and a half. So um, yeah, excited to talk a lot of Bears. It's a, a lovely Sunday. The sun's out. Um, I've got a quiet house here, thanks to you. Uh, speaking of family affairs, I hope my little guys are okay and had fun at the sleepover <laughs> last night. Uh, I was sitting here thinking it's easy like Sunday morning, but here it is afternoon, and I've barely even lifted a finger. So thank you again for that. Tell Spencer and Theo I say hey, and we'll see him in a few hours. My middle grandson, Spencer, and my youngest grandson and grandchild, Theo, had a sleepover with Papa and Mama Mana last night. And uh, it is the joy of our lives when we get to do stuff like this. I will confess, um, I, I was a little, I don't know what the word is, I don't want to say disappointed, I guess I'd say surprised, when Theo came walking into the room at 6.45 this morning and said, Papa, the sun is up, we're going to have a bunch of fun. And I said, you know, it's 645. So <laughs> we've been having a good time here all morning. Nothing better than being able to get the grandkids over. We had all five of them here last night for a little dinner party before the other three went home. And, and Spencer and Theo got to spend the evening. And they're downstairs playing with Mana right now. So I'm not Very sure good. that the rest of our audience cares that much about that, Arthur. But Had to uh, squeeze it in. If you don't care, hey. you won't hear more of it. It, oh, yes, they will. It, it, it is the joy of my <laughs> life, guys. I, I got to tell you, my kids, uh, uh, Billy and Arthur and Josie and, and, and Kevin and Taylor, I, I, you know, I love my kids more than anything in the world. 
But folks, until you have had grandkids and until you've had a bunch of them, you haven't really lived. So if you worry about getting older, I promise you, there is one thing that is really, really special and great about it, and that's when the grandkids come. Spencer and Theo are doing great. Spencer asked if he can uh, join us and co-host. I said maybe we'll squeeze him in a little bit later. We'll see what happens. Arthur, you mentioned it. Um, so much of the talk around town around these two quarterbacks who are never going to be Chicago Bears, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. Um, I've I've actually been fortunate to to host a fair amount in the last couple of weeks, and I've tried to talk people off the the roof, uh, you know, and and calm everybody down and make them understand this isn't going to happen. And, and all the, the energy and oxygen that we waste in this conversation is keeping us from focusing on, on what the Bears do have to do that is doable, what they can do to get better and be you know, more than a 500 team that loses a first playoff game. And, and, and I'd like to kind of steer the conversation that way, but I do understand you know, you know, that when you hear about even the slightest possibility of a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson, Bears fans are going to go nuts since they, uh, I, I'm going to guess that there are no more than a handful of living Bears fans who've had a franchise quarterback in their lifetime. Because the truth is the last franchise quarterback the Bears had was Sid Luckman who retired in the early fifties. Well, yeah. So you're not in, among this list, right? Nope. <laughs> you haven't well, had that pleasure I, either. <laughs> I, I was, I was actually born. I, I think I was born eight months before he retired. <laughs> so okay. no, I, and I saw some grainy old film, but, uh, I mean, there 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 have been some guys, obviously. I you know I was a young Bears fan when Billy Wade and Rudy Bukic were in town. Um, you know, certainly Jim McMahon was a story. He was a personality. He was a presence. He was a, an average quarterback. People don't realize it, but McMahon spent lo- much more of his career as a backup than he did as a starter. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then you come after him to Eric Kramer, who in 1995 set. Most of the the Bears' single-season passing records, many of which still stand, some of them Jay Cutler uh, was able to to do something with. Uh, you know, you had Jim Miller and Shane Matthews, who were who were nice game managers and good quarterbacks, who they won with, but certainly were never mistaken for even Pro Bowl level talents. Uh, Rex Grossman had a had a what a, a an 18 month run, you know, where there was hope that he was going to be the guy, and then that all came apart. And then the one that interests me the most, because the more I hear about you have to trade for Deshaun Watson, you know, a 25-year-old Pro Bowl quarterback, they never become available. We've seen this movie, guys. That was Jay Cutler. He was 25 years old. He'd been to the Pro Bowl. And actually, every bit as talented as Deshaun Watson. He never became as good a quarterback as Watson appears to be already, but he had much more arm talent than Watson did. Certainly wasn't the athlete that he is. And the Bears mortgaged the future, gave their starting quarterback, Kyle Orton, two first-round draft picks, threw in a three, as I recall, uh, and then wasted eight years on it. And so doesn't mean it wouldn't be different if they could get Deshaun Watson, Arthur, but but it's just one more cautionary tale uh, about all this hype that we're hearing. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to respectfully disagree just a little bit because I, I you know, Cutler sure he has a stronger arm, sure he was a talented Pro Bowl quarterback when the Bears traded for him, but uh he's not in Deshaun's league in my opinion, so I just think we have to be careful there. But you're right. I mean, we have seen similar uh a similar situation unfold, and I know that was really your point. Uh, I just I think Deshaun is clearly several levels above of what Jay got even at his best. So, um look, you had mentioned uh Bears fans are going to obsess over this until something happens. And uh, I guess I just, I'm probably going to obsess over it too until something happens. Because look, it's for the reason you just said, we have never had uh, this luxury of, of great quarterbacking consistently in this town. And now I think our jobs today is to discuss how realistic, how unrealistic it is. And it sounds like you're already out there with saying just that there's no way it's going to happen. I'm not ready to go that far yet. Uh, maybe just because we... Uh, look, I think I made the joke third or fourth, unfortunately, but when Russell Wilson included the Bears on his quartet of teams he would consider playing for, uh, I made the joke, actually I tagged you in it, that not only is this the closest the Bears have gotten to a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, but the closest you've gotten in your lifetime too, mine and yours. So I think it speaks to the uh, the unique circumstances here. And again, uh, whether it's 
uh, either of these guys actually move. And, and I hope we get into some of the discussions you had hosting over the weekend uh, with the great John McClain and John Clayton in Houston and Seattle, respectively, uh, to discuss some of this. But um, I think you came away Friday night. I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think you came away thinking if one of them uh, was even any chance they were moving, uh, that it was going to be Deshaun Watson. Is that accurate? Yeah, I, I think it's fair. Let me, let me just take one step backwards, Arthur, because I want to make sure we're clear with stuff. We're, uh, my favorite thing about being on the air is getting callers involved, and we're going to take calls most of the afternoon around our guests, and, and I want to make sure we're setting the table properly. The, the point of me mentioning Cutler and Watson was not a comparison of, of what quarterbacks they eventually became or, or where they were at at the time of the trade. Um, the, the point is that they were both 25-year-old Pro Bowl quarterbacks whose futures were in front of them. I, I think that, like okay. I said, Deshaun Watson is better at 25 than Cutler was, although I think Cutler mm-hmm. had more talent. Cutler, Cutler had, Jay Cutler, you know, when we talk about all of the great franchise quarterbacks, um, uh, you know, and then you look at arm talent, the only two who stand head and shoulders above the rest are Brett Favre and Patrick Mahomes. These other guys, you know, maybe better quarterbacks. They're, they're, they're you know, legendary. Tom Brady, Drew Brees. What about Marino um, and Rodgers, Hub? Um, Rodgers does not have the arm talent that those guys have. He, well, he's got the accuracy. Marino, right? he's, he's got the accuracy. But I'm talking about the strength, the release, all of that. You know, Aaron Rodgers is one of the three or four best of all time. But I'm, I'm just talking pure arm talent now, okay? Okay. Um, Still got to throw Marino in there. Uh, Marino, had, Marino, yes. Marino fits with Favre and Mahomes. I do agree with okay. that. Um, but, but coming back to, to where we're at now, yeah. you know, let's not forget that the, 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 you know, people have Deshaun Watson in, in, in Canton. Deshaun Watson was 4-12 and 12 this year. You know, he's got to own that, just like everybody else, you know. And so, yeah, you can get the great talent, and you can call him a franchise quarterback, but that was not the least talented football team I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, they had a mess in the front office and with the coaching staff and ownership and everything else. But at the end of the day, 4-12 and is 4-12, and and that's when he had by far the best season of his career, you know, winning only four games. And these are all things that go into the equation. So now to come back... To, to what you're asking me. Thursday night I hosted and I had um, uh, John Clayton, of, of course, you know, I think folks remember him most from his TV days at ESPN, but he currently is a columnist for the Washington Post and he participates as a sideline reporter on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Uh, and, and so, you know, who could know or be closer to Russell Wilson? He's a Hall of Fame writer. He's won the Dick McCann Award. When we talk about Hall of Fame writers, there, there actually is no NFL Hall of Fame election for sports writers. Uh, it's a little different from the way it works in baseball. But the Pro Football Writers Association gives the Dick McCann Award each year to a writer for long and meritorious service uh, to advance the cause of, uh, of football journalism and reporting. Um, only one winner every year. I think we're up to about 40 or so that it's been given to now. Each of those folks is uh, then enshrined on a plaque in the Hall of Fame in Canton. So that's what we mean by Hall of Fame writer. Our own Dan Pompey, of course, is a Dick McCann Award winner. Um, both John Clayton and John McClain are winners of the award as well. That qualifies them as Hall of Fame writers. So talking to Clayton, he, he had the same reaction I did. He just laughed. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson isn't getting traded. How do the Seattle Seahawks eat a $39 million cap hit when they're over the cap right now? Uh, you know, and, and to, to lose their franchise quarterback, and what are they getting in return? You know, it just it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And then you add to it that he hasn't asked to be traded. They don't even know if he is just using this for leverage to negotiate a louder voice in the front office. Um, there, there's a lot that goes into this. That, that Clayton just absolutely agreed with me. He said, no way, no how, isn't going to happen. You know, a year from now, if things don't get better, when that cap hit becomes more palatable, who knows, but not this year. Deshaun Watson, John McClain, agreed, isn't going to get traded, shouldn't get traded, but he thinks that Nick Casario may be making a mistake at this point by not listening to offers only because of how toxic everything has gotten in Houston, and, and mm-hmm. that they've been here before. Remember, when the Houston Oilers left for Nashville, it was a nightmare. And, and then when the NFL expanded and put the, the Houston Texans franchise down there, it took the, the fan base a long time to get over the loss of the Oilers. Um, and, and, and John said that this situation 
is almost as bad as it was then. And so mm -hmm. if one of them moves, it will probably be Watson, not Wilson. But, you know, McLean and every other NFL coach and GM I talk to says, you know how hard it is to get a guy like Watson. What could anybody possibly give the Texans in return to have it worth getting rid of him when he could be their franchise quarterback for the next 10, 12 years? Right. Right. Yeah, it all it all it all makes sense. Um I think that these things go hand in hand. So along with the toxicity, I think that's a word in Houston because of the, the way Deshaun, the situation has unfolded, um, is the fact that that roster is awful. So the way to get the fans back would be, you know, if, if you can't keep Deshaun, you have to win without him. Um, trading him is, you know what I'm getting? I mean, they're going to, if they keep Deshaun, they've got Deshaun, but nothing else. You know, obviously they let go JJ Watt. They apparently weren't even interested in trading him since uh, uh, he couldn't fetch anything on a market that ended up paying him, I think $15 million. But um, it, the point being that roster has just really deteriorated uh, around Deshaun. Of course, we started to see that last year. That's on Bill O'Brien. I mean, it, it's not Nick Casario's fault, uh, but it is Nick Casario. And what is it? David Coley, I believe, who, uh, who accepted the job, probably the, the, the worst job in the NFL right now, I think. Right, Hub? Well, uh, you know, again, I, I haven't studied the Texans roster to know if it's the worst roster out there. I know that one of the reasons that Nick Casario took the job is because they do have not only a franchise quarterback, but possibly a franchise left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. Um, and, and those in, in today's NFL, you could almost argue that and a, 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 a top number one receiver are the three most important pieces of building a mm -hmm. competitive offense. You then have to build around it. You turn around on defense, that is a different story. Not only is J.J. Watt gone, but Whitney Merciless's best years appear to be behind him. They're very good at inside linebacker with Benardrick McKinney and uh, Zach Cunningham. Um, but other pieces, I'd have to go back and study and see how much work it's there awful. is to do. I, I, yeah. I will tell you this, though. And remember, Hub, they have Laramie Tunsil because they have no first-round pick here and a handful of weeks. So well, uh, of, a pretty, of course. pretty decent but, but, trade but, off there. Yeah, but, but again, I mean, the point is that they're there, and that's your starting point. And now sure. you have to add everything else. And listen, mm -hmm. you know, the, the rules prohibit you from getting more than three first-round picks, you know. And, and so it's just a question. The point is, Arthur, that, that you may not even be able to get a, a replacement-level quarterback for Deshaun Watson with all of the assets you get in the trade. You can try, you can take one of these guys, but now you have to go back. This, this is where I keep begging people to, to look big picture. You know, get in a plane, take the 30,000-foot view. Quarterbacks don't succeed when drafted in the first round. It's just the reality of the NFL. I mean, the, the statistics are overwhelming, and, and the Texans won the lottery. They got one in Deshaun Watson, and by the way, gave up two first-round picks for him, had to trade up. Uh, to get him in the draft. So now to try and do it again and assume you're the team that's going to hit it twice when the other, you know, 28 or 29 other teams have been trying for the last 10, 15 years and haven't been able to do it. Um, that's, that's part of the consideration here for the Texans. I, I don't, I think what, what people are missing, we're gonna have to take a break here, Arthur, but, but just your thoughts on this. What people are missing is, is that they're, they're undervaluing Watson. It, you know, they keep saying, well, you'll get, you'll get a haul. The most you're going to get is three first-round picks. Maybe you get a, a two and a three if, if somebody goes nuts. If you get a two and a three, you're not going to get another all-pro-level player. And with all those picks, it is still very, very difficult to find another franchise quarterback. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, our fan base knows as well as any, of course. Uh, I think we are late to the break, so maybe we pick up the discussion again with Pat on the other end up. All righty. Now, now, see, you give him a little rope, and now he's telling me how to run the show. What are you going to do? Uh, actually, I, I, I got to talk to Sean about this. I was thinking maybe we should see if Arthur wants to drive for an hour here sometime this afternoon, but we'll talk about that during the break. By the way, Sean Anderson producing for us today. Our production crew at The Score is the best in the business, and I'm talking anywhere, not just Chicago. Uh, Sean always does such an outstanding job for us. The, the group of guests that he has put together uh, today is really exciting. I'll, I'll give you the whole list when we come back from break, uh, but the first is Pat Finley on the Bears beat from the Chicago Sun-Times. Pat joins us in just a moment right here at The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. First, on the quarterback, you know, obviously it's it's a critical position for us. And like I said, Brad, every every single thing is on the table. I think we owe that to, to ourselves, our, our own quarterbacks, trades, free agency, draft. And we're working through that. And I, and I do like the staff we've assembled to kind of attack that uh, together. We've added some, some guys even in recent days, I think that can help us as we evaluate that position. So we know the importance of it. Uh, we know that's a, a priority as we go into this off season. Um, that's stating the obvious, and I'm just excited about attacking it together. Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Pace visiting with the media this past Tuesday. We um, got a chance to ask him everything we wanted to, as is the case with Ryan. He's a hard guy not to like, but I don't think he answered anything. Um, that, that's kind of the way it goes. And, and you know, it's funny, Arthur. Well, let me get Patrick into the conversation too, and then I can come back to this. Uh, we are pleased, uh, actually uh, honored, to have Patrick Finley with us today, beat reporter for the Chicago Sun Times. Uh, uh, Pat, also my co-conspirator with all our work with the Pro Football Writers of America, uh, and pretty much a regular guest whenever I host because one of the really great takes on the Chicago Bears. Pat, welcome in. I hope you're enjoying a Sunday afternoon as this spring weather threatens to kind of join us here in Chicago. I was going to say, I was, you know, if you look ahead to Monday and Tuesday, it's hard not to get uh, pretty excited about what the weather's, uh, the weather's doing now. You know, I, I just your take in general on, on this whole quarterback thing, because I, I understand the, the excitement and, and the hype and everything else, but it's just it's so unrealistic to assume. I mean, it, it would literally be akin, in my opinion, to winning the lottery for the Bears actually to pull off a trade for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. And I don't think it would be a good idea. So, so let me set you up that way and then you tell me what you think. And I think it'd be a great idea. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I still need somebody to explain to me, like I'm a child, why the Seahawks would take on a $39 million cap hit in, uh, in 2021 if they moved him before June 1. This is a team that went 12-4 and four last year. This is a team that has been in the playoffs eight times in nine years. And now they're going to pay almost, what, 25% of their salary cap space for the privilege of trading the greatest player they've ever had. I, I don't understand how that makes sense, and I don't know of a package the Bears could offer that would make that palatable to them. Number one, yeah. So that out of the way, you know, if Russell Wilson decides that he simply won't play another down for them again, uh, you know, <laughs> the Bears owe it to their fans and to themselves to offer the moon. I, I don't know if there is a trade that you could come up with that I would think would be too rich uh, if you're going to get Russell Wilson back in the next couple of years. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, Pat. I think the only possibility here and what some have wondered is whether things have become irreparable there. I mean, we've read some of the reports. The Athletic did a good 
deep dive on the situation and how it has kind of uh, been fractured. But you don't, I don't think that set the tone that Russ, you know, can't return. I mean, it left open the possibility of a, a trade possibly being more realistic around this time next year when that dead, dead cap hit would be a little bit more palatable. So, I mean, I'm, I'm 100% with you guys on thinking what a long shot it is. Uh, but I'm 100% with Pat on thinking if it's at all possible, of course the Bears have to go try and do it. Uh, because I believe that this defense, if it still can compete for a Super Bowl, this is probably going to be it. It's been in decline for a couple years now, and I just see that window uh, closing quickly, and I don't see a quarterback that can uh, keep it open you know, any longer, Pat. So I, I just think, again, if we're talking about the rareness of the situation, if we're liking it, likening it to a lottery ticket that you might be able to find or procure, uh, I'm guessing we're on the same page and thinking that's why the Bears have to do everything they can to, to try and get it. Well, and if you're Seattle and if it comes to the point where you actually have to trade him and you call the Bears, I mean, for me, it starts at Roquan Smith, Jalen Johnson, what, two or three number one picks? I mean, I mean, in order to acquire Wilson, you may have to, you know, close the window on that defense. And, and then, you know, I think to Hub's point, then you can have a real conversation of, you know, is it worth it in terms of, you know, making sure your franchise uh, is set up for years to come. Uh, you know, I still think Ryan Pace would have a better chance of finding good defenders uh, with whatever draft picks he had left than he would be finding a game-changing quarterback. But yeah, I mean, you almost have to, you know, cut off your nose to spite your face there uh, if you're going to give up, you know, what you have to give up for him. Well, but Pat and Arthur, I mean, he, to me, here's the bigger question, and here's why I say I don't think it's a good idea, even if they can do it, and that is. Does anybody believe that the Bears are just one player, a quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl or from winning playoff games? You know, forget, as you just pointed out, that you may have to give up a couple, you know, all pro defenders before you give them up. What about offensive tackle? You know, what about safety? What about wide receiver? I mean, you know, you, you, you can't have Allen Robinson with your cap issues if you're going to bring in one of these quarterbacks. And so... Yeah, now, okay, you've got the franchise quarterback, but you're basically rebuilding almost the entire team around him before you're ready to compete again. Yeah, well, I'd answer your question this way. Boy, it'd be nice to find out, wouldn't it? Would it be nice to find out if the Bears were a quarterback away? And if they're not, uh, Ryan Pace has proven that he can find almost every other position but quarterback. And, uh, you know, you know, maybe he's drafted in the third, fourth, and fifth round for the next two years or three years. But I still think that that uh, I'd like my chances that way. If you got the you know top ten quarterback in the NFL inside your building first. And just to borrow a Ryan Pace term, I think we we could view Russell Wilson as the ultimate multiplier. I know in his con- uh, press conference, I guess it was last week or earlier on this week, was mentioning finding those uh, those multipliers to help the quarterback position. But I think we all know it kind of works the other way around. So, uh, yeah, it would be uh, a tough, tough, tough putt, obviously, to be a Super Bowl contender with Russ, but minus whatever they had to give up. But, uh, yeah, to have a chance uh, would be sweet. I think this is probably a good segue here, Hub. Hope you don't mind. Uh, but let's talk A-Rob. Obviously, Tuesday is the day for the tag. It's looming, but I don't think there's any real decision pending. I, I'm assuming it's a formality, Pat. How do you see this uh, unfolding with Allen Robinson uh, on the cusp of free agency, but I would assume unlikely to get there uh, freely? Yeah, no. He's, I, I'm, I'm, I have all the faith in the world that they're going to keep him. You know, the alternative is letting him walk away for no reason, and I don't think the Bears are there. You know, then comes the hard work. Once you give him that franchise tag, then you have to go about trying to repair the relationship you have with him. And, and you know, he's, right. you know, it, it's obviously not beyond repair. Uh, you know, Allen is as good of a guy as they've got there. But, you know, business is business, and Allen is not happy with the way this has gone down for the last year. And, you know, what makes you think that you're going to get a – you know, a superstar performance out of somebody who's not happy about uh, about what's going on. Um, you know, they need to repair that once they get that tag done. All right, so let's talk about the ramifications of that deal. And, and I couldn't agree with you guys more. I mean, I, I think that they absolutely have to and will tag him. Uh, and I think that he will stay a bear. I don't think it's going to be a tag and trade. But that will then put them approximately... $20 million over the salary cap from where they stand right now. And they still won't have offensive tackles, et cetera, et cetera, everything else I've talked about. So Pat, that that's where the dominoes start to fall. Then what happens? I, I keep hearing people talk 
about you know uh, releasing Bobby Massey for the five and a half million dollar cap hit and keeping Charles Leno. I I don't know why they would do that. I mean, you can get another six million dollar cap savings on Leno. Now you've knocked off twelve. You got to get two tackles. But there are journeyman tackles on the street who would be just as good who will come cheaper than that because of the glut of veteran players that are going to be on the on the free agent market this year. Yeah, I think it's a matter of availability. I think people look at, at Bobby Nassie as someone who's you know hasn't been healthy the last couple of years and say what you will about Leno. You know, at least he uh, you know he answers the call every Sunday. Uh, you know, finding a right tackle. Easier than finding a left tackle. It's, it's a lot harder to find a good right tackle now than it was five years ago, probably. But uh, to me, that makes sense. Uh, you know, Massey, you know, is on my list. I think Jimmy Graham is on my list. And, and then, you know, we're talking about this Wilson thing because it's a fun conversation, and not because it's, you know, bloody likely. But, you know, what do you do with Jimmy Graham, a guy who, you know, is friends with Russell Wilson and who Russell Wilson trusts? You know, do you cut him? <laughs> do you keep him around or rework his contract so you might have somebody on the inside who might be able to talk to Russ if and when it ever gets to the point where they trade him? You know, I think that that is interesting. Uh, you know, and I would look for them to rework the contracts of what Eddie Jackson is an obvious one. Uh, Eddie Goldman could be as well. Um, you know, there's some there are fi- some financial tricks they can do here in the next 13 days to get themselves. Uh, a little bit out of that $20 million deficit that you mentioned. Pat, it's not as exciting as discussing uh, offensive line, much less quarterback, but if (laughs) A-Rob, I'm still trying to figure out if A-Rob is a luxury they can or can't afford, but I agree they're going to tag him and go from there. But I'm pretty convinced that if they're going to get a new quarterback, they're going to make a lavish deal to to make sure that A-Rob sticks around uh, and you've got a couple other ancillary moves you've got to make. What happens, and I hate to even bring it up because I I know we all hate discussing it, but Cairo Santos had a heck of a year. He's going to want to get paid. Cordero Patterson had a heck of a year. He's going to want to get paid. Uh, And those are like your third phase right there, your two leaders of that group, if you will. They're not going to be able to afford to bring back all these guys. Yeah, no, no, they're not going to be able to. And, you know, Ryan Pace said it the other day when we were talking to him. You know, there's going to be a bloodbath here around the league in the next that a lot of guys who probably don't deserve to get cut are going to get cut. And mm-hmm. a lot of them are, are going to be bears or they're going to be, you know, not picked up. You know, Cordero Patterson, I think is, I think it's a joy to watch him play special teams and not just on the returns, but in coverage. Uh, I really think the bears are a better team with him than without him. But, you know, how much is that worth to them? And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, he may find the market a, a little tough uh, going. You know, same with Cordero, with uh, Carlos Santos. You know, it seems quaint that two years ago we thought the Bears might have been the kicker away from being a Super Bowl, Super Bowl team, and now they've got the kicker part fixed, and uh, right. he may not still be around uh, for next year. Yeah, you know, there's some moving parts there. You know, I mean, you, you sit there and you talk about Akeem Hicks, who's got a year left on his deal. You talk about Kyle Fuller. Both of those guys have huge cap numbers coming up. You know, is there a way the Bears can massage that and still, you know, put the best team possible uh, on the field next year from the defensive side? And, you know, that's why Ryan Pace uh, gets paid uh, what he gets paid, and that's why uh, his deputies do as well. And and I'm sure they've spent the last two weeks working on it. We'll spend the next 10 days doing this. Well, guys, I I guess it took Arthur coming in a different door, but welcome to my world. This is what I've been trying to get everybody to talk about for for, for a couple of weeks now. I mean, you look at where this football team is, and, and, you know, and I get that every team in the NFL is facing this, but our focus right now is the Chicago Bears. Um, They don't have a starting safety right now. Tayshawn Gibson, Deion Bush, and uh, DeAndre Houston Carson, two of whom are not really starting safeties, or at least haven't been, are all free agents. Uh, Barkevius Mingo was an excellent addition. You don't have a backup outside linebacker you can trust, and you don't know if Robert Quinn is good enough to play the position. You have no depth at inside linebacker. Uh, We go back to wide receiver, even with A-Rob and Darnell Mooney. I don't know what they're doing with Anthony Miller. You may need one more of those. If you do cut Jimmy Graham, you got to have uh, more help at tight end. And it's interesting, Pat, because I, I, I get this whole idea that Leno shows up every week, 
but he shows up and gets you beat. And, and so when I'm talking about which guy I think makes a bigger contribution to the success of the offense, I'd rather have Jimmy Graham than Charles Leno. And so, um, again, we're, we're going to end up in the same place. This is the jigsaw puzzle and all the pieces that, that Ryan Pace has to put together. But I just don't understand how he has any chance to save his job, even by bringing in the franchise quarterback, if he now has no draft picks, no starting safety, no starting tackles, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and that's why I go the other way. And I say, you tag Robinson, you adjust some contracts, you cut the tackles, you find a quarterback you can win with, and you take a run for a year or maybe two with the all-pro talent that you do currently have. And if you don't get there, you rebuild, but at least you're more interesting the next year or two. Who's the... Give me a, the definition of a quarterback you can win with. Give it um, to the Bears, too, Hub. I, well, I, I think <laughs> they've been searching a, for it. I think there's a chance it could be Marcus Mariota. I know it could be Derek Carr. I think there's a chance mm-hmm. it could be Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and, and I'll tell you the craziest thing of all, guys. I bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I let him and Nick Foles go at it. Pat, let me get your opinion on this, and I know we're going to have to let you go in a minute or two because it's another conversation that I think you have to have. You look at Nick Foles, and I did three of his games in 2013. He was a legitimate Pro Bowl quarterback. Now, he was not as beat up, a little better athlete, surprisingly good athlete for a guy his size. Now you come all the way to 2017, he was a legitimate MVP of the Super Bowl. I mean, this guy can win games. He can win playoff games. He can win Super Bowls. And I know he was awful. I, I, he was nowhere near as good as Mitch last year. I mean, that, that's my opinion. I'm just talking about the film, forgetting everything else around it. But this is a guy who did not meet any of his teammates until the first day of training camp. He came to a new team. He's familiar with the Kansas City-style offense, but he didn't know Matt Nagy's playbook or, or, or what he had done to adjust it or his offense, had never been on the field with any of his teammates, had no exhibition games, no OTAs, no minicamps. Nick Foles can play better than he did last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick was Fitzmagic, you know, with the Dolphins. So you get into a situation like that. If you focus on fixing everything else around them, which you now can do, you know, I I just think it may be a better formula. Again, in the short run, I understand that Deshaun Watson gives you a chance for the next 10 years if you can get it built around him but it's going to take you three or four years to build it around them as opposed to, you know, if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are going to save their jobs, they got a much better chance of doing that without making a big swing at quarterback. You know, I mean, I've covered Nick since Nick was at Arizona. And you're right, you know, in in the one year before the NFL figured out Chip Kelly, uh, Nick was great. And in the Super Bowl year, Nick was amazing. And it would be really hard for Nick to play worse this year than he did last year. But the Bears, I mean, the Bears are stuck with him. I don't know who else would pay that contract, you know, short of maybe the, the Eagles because he comes with a sentimental value and, and kind of an institutional knowledge there uh, that, that would be intriguing to them. I just don't know that you could go into the season with him as your starting quarterback or even in a competition with Ryan Fitzpatrick because then you've gotten to the point where it's been, you know, five seasons since they drafted Mitch Trubisky and, you know, three seasons since there there was a really strong sense that Mitch Trubisky wasn't the answer and that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy didn't fix it. And Ryan Fitzpatrick for a year might be fine. Um, You know, Sam Darnold, I I tend to go the other way. I like somebody like Sam Darnold, who's obviously flawed, but is 23 and has been in a horrible situation. You know, I, I think that's the kind of player I would be interested in them taking a chance on, but none of them solved the problem, you know, immediately. There's a chance that a younger quarterback could grow into it during the course of this upcoming season and become the solution. You know, I, I just don't know that they could take a 40 year old and Nick Foles and look their fan base in the eye and say that this is, that, that this is what we've come up with. Well, Arthur, let me just jump in one more time here, though. I'm not sure at this point, Pat, what problem we're trying to solve <laughs> because, yeah, it doesn't give you a franchise quarterback. But but I'm talking about a contending this year and b that being the the ticket for the guys making these decisions to save their jobs, you know. And and, and when you say nobody's going to take Nick's contract, 
so what? I mean, so I don't care if he's your backup or your starter, you know, and I'm not saying, listen, Fitzpatrick is not my first choice, but, but I'm saying there's other ways to attack this, which I think are better options for them to save their jobs is kind of what I'm talking about. And what that would mean if they save their jobs is that they gave bears fans an exciting season in which they contended and probably won a playoff game or two. Yeah. Well, I'll meet you in the middle here. The odds of them ending up with Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson aren't very good. So if we get into a, okay, now what is realistic? You know, I think Derek Carr is on the very high end of middle class if you're able to target a middle class quarterback. And beyond that, I think it's a lot of stuff that isn't the answer. That, that is, you know, like I said, maybe a Band-Aid for a year or two. So I will agree with you that the odds of it going that way are greater than the odds of the Bears unretiring <laughs> number three so Russell Wilson could, could wear it. Uh, but it, it, it'll be, it'll be really interesting. You know, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about is just kind of the timeline of this thing. I mean, you know, it could be, you know, draft weekend and we're still talking about, well, who are the bears going to add at quarterback, uh, either through the draft or, you know, in a trade with the team that, you know, is looking to pick a quarterback and shoot, knowing what we know about this Russell Wilson, you know, dead money thing, you know, it could be June 2nd and we could be having this conversation as well. And I do feel bad for Bears fans, especially on social media, because, you know, it's just they live and die with every, you know, fake trade or, you know, rumbling that somebody's not happy. And, man, it is going to be a roller coaster here. Arthur, let me ask you and Pat one more question. It's an easy question, a quick one. We'll let Pat go. Uh, I'll let you go first. If the Bears successfully pull off a trade for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, and then go seven and nine this season. Do Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy save their jobs? No. I don't know that they do. I, I don't know that they do, Hub, uh, because this job is a lot more attractive <laughs> next year. If you've got Russell Wilson, even if you've got a depleted draft, uh, draft, uh, you know, cash, uh, you know, there are some really smart coaches who would look at that and say, you know, we can try and win with that. So. I don't know that seven and nine does it, but you could you could make the argument, and Arthur, maybe you will, that you know they went eight and nine this year <laughs> without a quarterback, and if they go you know eight and eight next year or seven and nine next year, and have solved the quarterback problem, uh, the Bears fan base certainly I think would be in a happier place than they are right now. All right, Pat. We appreciate you, man. We kept you too long. We want to get you on to your Sunday and that lovely family of yours. So please send them our best, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again very soon. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. All right, Patrick. Take care. That is Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, Arthur, we're going to go to a break here, but before we do, I'm not sure I'm getting answers to my questions here because the question was, if they make a deal for Watson or Wilson, do they save their jobs? Right, you got an answer for me. Cut and dry, no. Yeah, I mean they've had the built-in excuse. Yeah, I forgot it was a one-word. They've had the built-in excuse that they haven't had a quarterback, as I think Pat articulated better than my one-word response. But yeah, no, if you bring in a future Hall of Famer in his prime, and then you you uh, you worsen uh, next season, I think that would uh, that would seal their fate. Well, and and I think that's almost certain to happen because they can't fix anything else. Plus, they're giving up uh, probably a pretty good player or two that they already have, and so that's why. I, I just I don't understand why Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy would do that. You know, it, it, everybody is writing around town now. They're going to take a big swing. They have to take a big swing. It's what they have to do. No, it's not what they have to do. <laughs> I'm not even sure it's a good idea. So we're going to continue to kick it around. Our phone number, 312-644-6767. Would love to hear your opinions on the conversation so far. He's Arthur Arkish. I'm Hub Arkish. We're back in just a moment right here at The Score. Welcome back, everybody. You've got Arthur and Hub at 670 to score. I am Hub Arkish, Arthur Arkish alongside. We are with you until 4 o'clock this afternoon. Just got done on the Alpamani Ford guest uh, hotline, I should say, 
Uh, Yeah, guest line. I apologize. Visiting with Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. I mentioned the great job that Sean Anderson has done for us with the program today and the lineup of guests. At 1 o'clock, Brad Spielberger, who is the salary cap expert at Pro Football Focus, is going to check in. Should be able to help us with some of the cap questions and issues that we were discussing with Pat Finley just now. At 2 o'clock, Maddie Lee, who covers the Chicago Cubs for NBC Sports Chicago, is going to update us on the latest going on with our Cubbies down in Arizona. I, I Again, if you're listeners, you know. If you're newer to Arthur and myself, you may not. But I inherited my Cubs season tickets from my dad. Uh, Arthur will get them from me. He was raised at Wrigley Field. I was raised at Wrigley Field. Um, you know, nothing against the White Sox, like the White Sox too, but uh, we are dyed in the wool Cubs fans, and we are the home of the Chicago Cubs right here at 6 of the score. So we're going to check in with Maddie on what's going on there. And at 3 o'clock, our buddy Rick Camp. Campy's going to come by. Campy, of course, our Chicago Bulls expert here at 6 of the score, host of our pregame shows for our live broadcast of Chicago Bulls games. We'll get you up to date on the latest with the Bulls as well. Right now, though, we're going to go to the phone lines, 312-644-6767. And I believe Elliot is out in Elgin to get us started. Elliot? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hello. Hey, All right, thanks. Uh, so given what we know about Trey Lance right now at the moment as a uh, quarterbacking prospect, hypothetically here, because it is sports radio, um, if Trey Lance was there at the number 10 spot this upcoming draft, would it be a good idea to, to trade a, a similar uh, package that the Chiefs parted with to, to move up to grab Mahomes? If they parted with that kind of package to move from 20 to 10 to grab, tra- tra- uh, to grab uh, Trey Lance, would that be a good idea? Thank you. Well, Elliot, um, what the what the Chiefs gave up was two number ones. They had, I want to say, the 27th pick in the draft, but they also had their following number one uh, the, the year after to go up to number uh, 10 uh, to get Pat Mahomes. Um, so you're saying the Bears give up their one this year and their one next year, whatever that might be. Um, I, I think like the trade. Chiefs went up hub 17 spots, and I think the Texans went up like 10 spots or so. Right, just right. For yeah, for Deshaun Watson. Um, yep. And so um, I like Trey Lance a lot. I, I It worries the hell out of me that he's got 17 games under his belt, that he's coming from North Dakota State, that we see the Carson Wentz experience, because uh, I loved Carson Wentz coming out of the same school. Um, and, and so... Uh, he is a special talent. It's traits, though. And, and how does Ryan Pace get himself in trouble? He drafts traits instead of drafting production and drafting players. And, and um, you know, as much as I hate the idea, Arthur, of the Bears, knowing what, with, with all the conversation we've had today and all and it had for the last, you know, two months since the season ended and all the work this team has to do. And, and some are more concerned than I am about the age of the defense, but let's say you're worried about the age of the defense, which means you're going to need more assets. You, you, you've had no first-round picks for, for how long? Um, I don't like the idea of giving up any. I don't, I don't mind trading up with this year's one if you can do it you know, a couple spots with a two or a three. I almost prefer the idea of trading down. I don't like the idea of giving up next year's number one as well for a player that we just don't know enough about. Yeah, you took words right out of my mouth. It kind of pains me to say it almost because I'm sure that I'm going to die on the mobile quarterback hill. I just I think in today's game, uh, you got to have one or you better have someone who is special uh, to navigate within the pocket. Um, Trey Lance, certainly in that former category, he is super athletic. He is a dynamic runner. Uh, but what I'm getting to with this is I would almost rather see him sit tight uh, or make a smaller move and get Mac Jones, who I don't think has the same ceiling. But look, Trey Lance has been off for a year. You you mentioned, Hub, the 17 college starts, 20-year-old kid. If any of this sounds familiar to Bears fans, obviously it should. The big difference is that Trey Lance didn't even play football last year, save for the one game. So at least Mitch comes in with all that experience, with all that, uh, uh, you know, kind of contrived or not, all that Sun Bowl hype. So um, I, I just think it would be too rich. I like the prospect, too. I need to watch him a lot more. But everything I've... Uh, I've read and I've heard and a little bit I've seen thus far is extremely exciting. Uh, I don't think that he would be the right match for the Bears for those couple reasons. I think that's a really fascinating point you mentioned, Hub, about the traits, too, because he's more of a ball of clay than a quarterback at this point, 
Whereas, again, I mentioned Mac Jones, and I'll, I'll be curious to pick your brain on this, Hub, because I've been a little surprised with uh, the reports that we've been seeing about how the NFL feels about Mac Jones. I just figured he was going to be a fringe first-rounder. Now I'm hearing his floor might – or not hearing, but I've read in a few places uh, that his floor could be the Carolina Panthers at number eight. Does that sound even – possible at all i mean obviously if that is then at this point it's a bit of a moot point if i'm talking about mac jones to the bears too but uh i'm curious to hear what you think about him as well yeah when you say his floor i think you mean could his ceiling be number no 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 no. i'll have to dig it up there was a a well-known reporter uh within the past 10 days or so i'll find it it, that's the first thing I saw when I, when I read the tweet is, is ceiling, but no, it absolutely says floor. So unless he made a mistake, um, I yeah, think he, that the he, NFL might be a little higher on Mac Jones than, than some of the, uh, the draft Twitter folks. Yeah. I, I think he made a mistake though, because okay. when, again, you know, I haven't seen anybody. I, I know that June Jones, the former uh, NFL coach, head coach at Hawaii, did an interview with Eric at home and our buddy Eric is one of the best. He has Mac Jones rated the top quarterback prospect of the draft, but 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 he's putting it on one statistic, which is his accuracy on the deep ball. Okay, and his accuracy on the deep ball is outstanding at Alabama. But this is another one-year wonder. This is a guy who doesn't have the athletic traits of the other three or four top prospects, and and maybe he goes four rather than five amongst this group. But I'd really be surprised if it was any higher than that. And I can't see him going in the top ten. Now it could happen. I mean, you know, there's a lot of work left to do. Uh, but I would find it very surprising. I, Arthur, I, I found the cord hub. You're gonna love uh, whose mouth it came from. Now, Matt yeah, Jones, I, University of Alabama. <laughs> his floor is number eight to the Carolina Panthers. Real Tannenbaum. That's Mr. Mike Tannenbaum's uh, belief. That's what he yeah. said. Yeah, I, I have to be careful because <laughs> I could get myself in trouble on the air. Um, Don't. I, that, I, then let's just I, move I, on. No, I'm going to uh, be careful, but I may get in trouble. Uh, yeah. Now, I, there's some of these former NFL people who've been fired by three, four, five teams who try and make themselves media people and, and, and you know, claim their expertise, and, and they don't have a clue what they're talking about. I mean, you know, Mike Tannenbaum is a terribly failed NFL executive, and, and uh, I'm not saying he doesn't know football. I'm not saying he doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. But if you talk to enough people, you know, the idea that Mac Jones can't possibly go later than eight is ridiculous. Um, So we'll see what happens. You know, now, you know, he could go eight or higher because, again, there are a few people out there who really like him a lot. Nobody's going ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Okay. After Lawrence, though, you know, you throw these guys in a pot and stir them up, and you don't know what teams are thinking. Zach Wilson is the kind of consensus number two overall, but, but there's not you know, complete agreement or unanimous agreement on that. Justin Fields is a kid whose stock has really dropped. I mean, he could be all the way down. He's, he's probably down to four. People have moved Le, uh, Trey Lance ahead of him. And, and I suppose Fields could even go after Jones because there are some teams that I don't want to make a bad pun about a Jones for Jones, you know, but uh, we don't know how they're going to stack up. But if, if any of the five were still there at 20, Fields or Jones would be the most likely. Let, let's put it that way. So, um, Ken, I know you're waiting in Rockford, but unfortunately we've got to get to a break and we've got Brad Spielberger coming up next. Um, so please feel free to hang on or give us a call back in about 15 minutes or we will talk about Sam Darnold's fit with the Bears, which is Ken's question if he doesn't hang on after we get done with Brad. But right now, a very quick commercial break. Um, we will then be back and we'll talk salary cap with one of the leading experts in the country, Brad Spielberger. That's next on The Score. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 